Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host today. Once again, welcome back to another episode as we kick off this conversation once again um, to something new, something exciting, hopefully, something that will interest each and every one of you out there who are listening including those four people who are following me. (laughs) I say that nicely. (laughs) So thank you for those four people, whoever you may be. I think two of them are my mom and, or my, excuse me, my dad and sister, but, um, but that's okay. You know, (laughs) so, um, thank you for being here with me. I'm just going to kickstart our theme today, which will hopefully be a little bit on the lighter side, but you know, you know, you never know with me, right? So let me get started here. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door A pair of hop-along boots And a pistol that shoots As the wish of Barney and Ben The dolls that will talk And will go for a walk Is the hope of Janice and Jen And Mom and Dad can hardly wait For school to start again All right, everybody. Is it beginning to look a lot like Christmas or is it not? I don't know. That's the question that I um, give to all of you out there. Some of you may say, no, I don't think so. I don't think it looks like Christmas right now. I think, you know, it's not like last year. Yeah, and I agree. Um, <clears throat> but we're, we're, we want to kick this off on a lighter note today and this episode. You know, I know many times we get into the nitty gritty of the serious things of what's going on. And don't get me wrong, those topics are important. They are. Things like politics life, you know, struggles, things like of that nature. But sometimes we need a good old, you know, just fun, right? Something that, you know, something that we can just get our mind off the craziness, right? Now, I'm not saying that today we won't talk about some of those crazy things that are happening in our country, in our world, but let's start off on a lighter note today on Christmas, right? So, you know, what are some of the things that we could start off with? You know, what do you love about Christmas? What do you love about this time of year? Um, why is it so important, right? Everybody has um, a different feeling towards this time of year. Some people dread it. Some people love it. Some people, you know, are, are in between, you know, of love and hate. You know, um, everybody's going to be a little different. You know, especially right now with everything going on with, you know, covid you know, hopefully it hasn't dampened your spirits, but it's understandable if it has, right? It's hard to have the spirit of Christmas right now, going on right now with with many of us, you know, locked indoors, right? And 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 that can be really quite difficult, right? Because many of us don't feel the need to, you know, want to be happy about this time of year, right? Even going out, you know, doing normal things like shopping, right? And it's completely different now, you know, in a sense. You know, obviously most people are wearing masks, you know. um, Most are social distancing, right? Is it as crowded as last year? I don't think so, but... It could be different here. Obviously, it's different here than it is, you know, where I'm at than where you're at, 
right? So, you know, it just depends. It depends, right? So, but for me, you know, going into a Macy's or a Target or, you know, wherever you may go to do your shopping. Many are shopping online, you know, um, and not av- and avoiding the crowds, which is smart. Don't get me wrong. And But I, I like to start here, okay? Christmas, in my opinion, is not about the gifts, right? It's not, it's an important aspect, yes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. Because we all love gifts, right? We all love to give them, most of us. <laughs> we all love to receive them, most definitely. We love to receive them. Um, but, you know, when it comes to giving sometimes, sometimes, you know, things are tight. Money is tight. Especially right now where many um, individuals are out of work, you know, and they are... You know, definitely looking for, you know, some solace or some some peace to to know that, you know, hey, um, are things going to be okay? Can I give my kids, you know, a nice Christmas? You know, many cannot. Many cannot right now. Some are on the verge of, you know, losing everything. Some are on the verge of being homeless. And, you know, buying gifts is... Probably, although they would want to, probably the last thing on their mind right now. But it's hard because many of those out there who have families, a wife, a husband, kids, it's hard not to just say, no, we just can't do it. I don't want it. It's not that you don't want to do it. You just can't. Um, I think Christmas is definitely the season of Christmas to me being a Christian Okay, so some of you who are following me for the first time, I am a believer in Jesus. All right, I don't make my podcasts about Jesus, and it's not because I don't want to, um, and I, it, it's certainly not because I don't feel he's important. He's not important because, of course, he is. He's a part of my life. But in this podcast, you know, I have a specific purpose. You know. Um, and, you know, the purpose could be about Jesus, of course. I can add him to our conversations. But I don't want necessarily to always, you know, do that in a sense because I'm afraid I'm going to lose people who are going to be like, well, you know, Joe Meyer just talks about Jesus all the time, which there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But I want to make it about, you know, other aspects, my life, what's going on in the world, the country, you know, I, I want to have a real conversation. And typically, can a real conversation include um, a conversation about Jesus? Yes, it can. But this conversation is about different things, you know. But getting back onto topic, you know, this, you know, when it comes to, you know, the season, the reason for the season, for me anyways, it's about gratitude, it's about being thankful for what we have or don't have. And many of you are out there, well, I don't have nothing right now. You know, I, I, I'm about to lose everything, Joseph or Joe, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> and I, 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 I can't really, you know, be thankful for it right now. You know, um, because I'm about to lose everything. I, I've been out of work for months since the COVID and I, I can't, I'm not, I'm on, I, I'm not having any money. You know, the government hasn't even helped me, helped us, you know, get back on our feet, you know, so there's a lot going on, but can we still be thankful? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We could be thankful for our lives. We could be thankful if you have good health, you could be thankful that you have you know, your family with you, your kids, your spouse, your loved ones. Um, for many years, I suffered many hard Christmases. Okay. And Christmas, you know, it's been one of those 
holidays, seasons that surprisingly I don't I didn't always think of in a very special way. Um, prior to being a follower of Jesus, a Christian, you know, obviously I was like any other person, you know, hey, it was about me. What what could I get out of it? What could you buy me? You know, and it was more about, well, I, you know, what it, what can I get? But what can I not give as much to others? You know, <laughs> you know, so um, because I didn't really have a lot of money, you know, and, you know, although you don't need a lot of money to give a gift. It, it really starts with a heart about wanting to give, you know, and I tried and although I, ha- I feel I have a big heart, maybe it's not as big as I thought it was. But it was one of those things where, you know, people would give me and my, like my sister, my mom, my dad um, would give me nice gifts. I would give them things too, but, you know, not as much as they gave me, you know. Um, Christmas was always one of those times of year where there was always an argument going on. <laughs> There was always, it was always a period of time where most of my childhood growing up with my mom, my sister, my grandfather, who I refer as to the devil, you know, um, because, you know, we live with him and, um, it was always about complaining. It was always about, you know, he was never happy. My mom always tried, you know, she cooked on Christmas, she cooked on Thanksgiving on New Year's and it was just never good enough. He always complained about the money. Um, he complained about how much we were spending, how much, you know, what he didn't get in return. Um, it was always about him, 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 you know, he, in my opinion, he was a narcissist. He just cared about himself. You know, yeah, we lived in his house, but I never got the grandfather love that we all hope for for many of us where, you know, where you're just so thankful to have grandkids. It was never like that. It was more of like, well, we inconvenienced him in his life. That's how he made us feel every day until the day we, he died, which was December 3rd, 2016, I think. Yeah, I think it was 2016. Um, Since my mother passed, December 9th, 2015, it it hasn't been the same. You know, moms, as many of you out there know, moms are, tend to hold it together. Moms are the ones who are doing the cooking, which I'm sorry, I don't want that to sound sexist, like that's just moms just do that. They don't. Dads do it too. Don't get me wrong. Um, But moms usually take the lead in those situations where like, I'm going to cook. I'm going to clean. I'm going to, I'm going to bake. I'm going to do all the things, you know, I want my family to be well fed and taken care of. And that's a mother's love. That's part of it, right? I can't say every mother does that. There are many mothers out there who say, ah, I hate cooking. You know, let's go to a restaurant. You know, let somebody else do the cooking. You know, let somebody else do that hard work. I don't want to do all that. You know, why should I have to worry about those things? Why should I have to do all that work? You know, and, and that's understandable, right? Some people don't, mothers don't like to cook. Fathers too, right? I happen to like to cook, you know. <laughs> I do, you know. Um, I take great pride in it. <clears throat> you know, I think it, it's something that's, important you know um but you know i during those times do i remember as a child what i got for christmas no (laughs) you know do many of us do some do some remember that great gift they got when they were 10 you know Uh, i again I, i just remember arguments happening you know complaints no one was ever happy, you know, and it was quite unfortunate, you know, that we had to live like that. But that's the way it was. Um, 
usually I spent time with my father on Christmas too, you know, or, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, but although, you know, that wasn't always eventful, but I'll tell you some of the things we did love to do. Yeah, we loved to eat. <laughs> we loved to watch our favorite Christmas movies. We loved to, you know, drink a lot of pop, soda pop, you know, Coke, you know, and be all sugared up, you know, during those times. So, you know, that that's the that's what it was like, you know. We did get gifts from my father, you know. Spent time with the grandparents. Sometimes we went to grandma's, right? And it was, you know, it was nice at times, you know. There were periods in my life that I do remember good Christmases when I was older, maybe 15, 14, before my grandmother, um, Joan, passed away, you know. Um, she was another rock in our family, you know. We lo- we lo- She passed away at 55, you know. My mom passed away at 56, you know. So we lost some major major people in our life that if they were here today even though if they were older they probably would have made still make a huge impact in our lives as being the people that held things together right but unfortunately that's not my life you know during these times of christmas you know do i get a little jealous when i see you know families gathered together with mom and dad and they're still around do i wish them dead? No, of course not. Do I wish them not here? Of course not. But I still get a little heartbroken to see that because like, well, you should really be thankful that you have your mom and dad here, even if they're older. And some don't. Some could care less, you know, their parents, some people's parents could be in their 60s, 70s, 80s. And they're like, ah, well, you know, who cares? You know, big deal. Right. Until they're gone. Right. And that, that's an unfortunate thing about society is that, you know, just how people treat their parents. And I, I get it. You know, people have very difficult relationships with mom or dad or mom and dad, you know, and they don't want to be around them. You know, I, I never had the kind of experience where I just hated my parents. You know, I, I know they tried. It was hard. We, we, you know, we weren't rich or anything. We were middle class, verge of poor sometimes, you know, we didn't make a lot, parents didn't make a lot of money sometimes, you know, but they did the best they could, you know, um, they go to fancy, you know, places for vacations, no, I, I have never really been, I've never been out of the country, you know, and not to get off topic, but I've only been out of the state, I've been to Chicago once, I think Arizona, I've been up north in Northern California, I've been to Oregon, Mm. Now, those are the places I've been, you know, and even those places weren't where I spent a whole week there. It was more like a day or two, you know, so it wasn't very much. Right. So. But what I'm saying is that. When it comes to family, you know, as much as we they bother us sometimes drive us crazy. Yeah, we really need to appreciate them more. You know, um, I was recently watching and I watched this movie over and over and over and over again. I watched a couple movies that I just love. And I, I watched Christmas Vacation, which is a family staple, right? Who doesn't love that movie with Chevy Chase, right? They just show it every year. Sometimes they show it as early as, you know, Halloween, which is kind of weird. Sometimes they show it in summer. I, I don't get that either, but it's okay. You know, it's a great movie. And, um... You kind of know the words by heart, but it's just a, just about a dysfunctional family, right? Chevy Chase, right? The Griswolds, right? And the Christmas Vacation is one of those situations where you look at that film and you're like, is that reality? Can that really, can there, there really families like that? It's possible, you know, it's possible that there's, Families that come together on Christmas or Thanksgiving and they're constantly arguing about things and, and discussing things and, and you know, getting angry about things. And there's older people, younger people, combination of different ages where, you know, they're just family, right? Just family. And trying to get along in one house is hard. 
you know? If you have a big house like the Griswolds, well, God bless you, man. God bless you, woman, to have a house like that. Because not everybody does. Not everybody has a home like that, you know? Where you can have everybody just stay in different rooms and, and enjoy each other's company and just be comfortable, you know? Whereas many live in an apartment where it's just really cramped, you know? I obviously don't live in a mansion. I live in an apartment, two-bedroom. But, um, and I'm not complaining about that. But, you know, it's kind of like, it'd be nice to have a few extra rooms here for others to stay, family, you know? Maybe one day when I buy a house or a condo or whatever I'm going to buy, you know, it will um, be a lot better for me, right? So, but the other film that I watched is, or I like to watch is Krampus, which kind of a dark comedy in a way right and I was never really cared for that movie until I started really watching it and starting to see how how ungrateful that family was you know you look at you know uh, you know you look at the child Max you look at you know mom dad you know uncles cousins you know aunts you know or aunt right and just a bunch of ungrateful people you know you know, the best line, I, I just can't, forget. a shepherd has to protect his flock, right? And just, you know, honey, no gun gun talk at the table. We talked about that, right? Well, we all need a little gun talk at the table, right? So, you know, you think about the lines, huh? you know, and um, just about how Krampus and comes and tries to, you know, teach the family a lesson, right? You know, I, I personally think, you know, not that I wish harm on anybody, But I think we all need a little Krampus sometimes in our life, right? To kind of teach us to be more grateful, right? Um, The last film, among other films out there, but these are the ones that stand out. And I'm not saying that Christmas Vacation is the best movie and I just, it's the best. It's a good movie. Krampus is okay. But the one film that I watch every single year that I need to watch as a remembrance is um, The Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens, Scrooge. Not Scrooged, which with Bill Murray, which that film is also very good. That's a good film. But the, the classic Charles Dickens, right? And the one I like to watch is with Alistair Sims. I think it's from 1958. But there's other ones... I think there's one from 1938, which is actually very good. Um, And I forget who's in that one. Let me see here. Christmas Carol, 1938. Let's see who's in that one. Oh, with it has Reginald Owen, Jean Lockhart, Kathleen Lockhart, Terry Kilburn, and Barry McVeigh. So that one, I actually like that one as well. Um, I also like The Christmas Carol um, um, with Jim Carrey, the animated version. I also like um, The Muppet Christmas, which is another great film. Um, It's a Wonderful Life. Gotta love that one, you know. Um, There's so many different Christmas movies out there today, right? That many of us have our favorites, right? I personally like the the Alistair Sims one because that one I kind of know by heart. And, but just the Christmas Carol story in itself is just an incredible, you know, picture of even today. Although that book, you know, was written, you know, so long ago, obviously, by Charles Dickens, right? Um... When was that book written? First published in London by Chapman and Hall in 1843, right? 1843, everybody. That is a long time ago. And that story still resonates today, right? You know, you look at the character Scrooge, the capitalist, the greedy capitalist right it's just about what he can get out of life you know what he can get 
until he is visited by those three ghosts, right? Looking at Bob Pakrachik and his family who are struggling to get by, just trying to make it. And you have a greedy capitalist Scrooge who just wants to take from Bob Cratchit. You know, it's still happening today, folks. There are still Scrooges in this world. There are still bosses who, who, who want to be Scrooges. And, 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 and the, the attitude sometimes is that, well, you know, they have a job. You know, Bob Cratchit had a job. He should be thankful he has a job. Yeah, it's nice to have a job. But it's also nice not to, you know, be struggling to try to feed your family, right? Now, I, I give it that Bob Cratchit had a big family, you know. He had a wife. Um, I think he had like three daughters and a son, uh, you know. You know, um, so. And I, I, I tend to remember when, and I don't know if this is something that just how it was back then or it is today, how. When Bob um, Jacob Marley passed away, Scrooge kind of just took all his assets. I'm assuming that Jacob Marley didn't have anybody in his life to give to, right? So Scrooge just kind of took everything, right? And um, uh, inherited his wealth, right? Even more so, right? And um, I think it's important to, you know, I think all of us would even do us some good to really have that happen to us, have the, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future come back and visit us, right? What would, what would they show us? What would those ghost spirits look like, right? You know, I, I'm sure there is some significance to the spirits themselves on how they looked um, and looking at Christmas past, right? And, and remembering the time when like Scrooge went back in time when he was a child and he was in school and how he was alone all the time. And from what I remember, his father sent him away to a boarding school or something. Um, because I believe um, it was because, you know, his mother, also his father's wife, you know, his mother passed away giving birth to Scrooge. And his father resented him for that and sent him away. Until eventually he came back, right? You know, you just look at the pettiness of, of men back then doing those things, just sending your child for something to happen that wasn't even Scrooge's fault, right? And going and visiting his youth and seeing what kind of boy he was and where he, you know, being a happy man and then going, kind of going, progressing through, you know, his past again while he got out of school, he got older he started working in, you know, as a clerk and, you know, and worked for Fezziwig and, um, and just the happiness that ensued all that surroundings of Scrooge and Fezziwig and the, the party and everything. And um, I love that moment where he kind of just looks like he remembers when he was happy, right? And I ask myself, for those out there, do you remember when you were happy? Because not everybody is happy. Do you remember the last time you were truly happy? I know it's hard to be happy right now. I know many of us are at home. I happen to be like an introvert, so I don't mind it. But not everybody wants to be at home. You know, some want to say, ah, I want to get out of this house. I'm tired of being with my kids. I'm tired of them being here. They're here all the time. I'm tired. I heard parents say that. Coworkers. I don't want to be home anymore. I'm tired of seeing them. You know? Hey, thank God they're there. Thank God you can spend those moments with them that I know it's not the best situation. Nobody asked for this. But enjoy it as much as you can. Enjoy it, right? Because you're never going to get these moments back. This is a time we have to appreciate and look on the, and look to the silver lining, the brighter things, right? Some may have a hard time doing that, right? 
I get it. It's not easy. But let's remember that, right? And then he's going to Christmas Coast of Christmas Presents. Um, and I'm reading this here off Wiki, Wikipedia, but it shows, shows Scrooge on how others keep Christmas at a church service. Fred is fiance Bess are seen as happy and in love. Fred, you remember Fred, his nephew, right? Um, the couple must wait to marry because of Fred's financial circumstances. And the spirit observes that perhaps they will not marry at all and their love may end just as Scrooge lost his fiancée in his youth. Scrooge is then shown the Cratchit home. Despite wearing a cheery manner for the family's sake, Bob is deeply troubled by the loss of his job. Through his through though he confides in no one except his daughter Martha, the spirit hints that Bob's youngest son Tim will die of a crippling illness by the same time next year if things do not change. At three o'clock, the Christmas um, yet to come arrives, appearing as a silent, cloaked figure. The spirit shows Scrooge of what will happen if he does not change, right? So. Ghost of Christmas Past obviously takes him to his early life. Scrooge is shown in his unhappiness with he is left to spend his holidays alone at school and his joy when his sister Fran came to take him home for Christmas. The spirit reminds Scrooge that Fran, dead for some years, is the mother of his nephew. Scrooge is shown his early career in business and money lending as an employee under Fezziwig, right? And then finally, awakening, Scrooge is a changed man. He orders a boy in the street to buy a turkey for him, meaning to take it to the Cratchits. Running into two men who petitioned for charity that evening before Scrooge gives a large donation, he visits Fred and makes him his new partner. Wow, I never, I never knew that. Because I don't remember that being part of the movie. Maybe I missed it. And then goes to Cratchit House where he rehires Bob and increases his wages, right? See, that's what I'm talking about, where people need to be more generous. We as society have gotten way off track where we think generosity is a bad thing. You know, where we think, hey, you know what? If somebody's willing to work for less... We should pay them less. And, and you know, it's unfortunate that companies do that today, that they don't really want to pay people what they're worth. I get it. People have to run a business. People have to make money. But why do people, companies, why do they have to cheat people, right? It's unfortunate that we have to, you know, live through that today. You know, people have to suffer making dismal wages. But I do believe that we have an opportunity to change things in our favor. But we must, must think about it. We must think about how we're going to make those changes. Many times we do have to go back to school. It's a reality of life. Unfortunately, right? It's unfortunate, but we need to educate ourselves. And some of you out there may be like, well, I don't really like school. I hate school. I don't want to go back to school. Who wants to go back to school? Well, yeah, I get that. Right? But it's important. We have to start somewhere. Right? No one's saying you have to go to Yale or Harvard, although those colleges are nice, you know. But we have to start somewhere. So let's remember, you know, this season is to be giving. And although I'm not trying to diminish the suffering of many of those out there, there are many times those who are suffering even more. Look at the homeless. For those who live in Los Angeles, hey, take a drive down the Skid Row. Get some perspective on what it's like to be homeless. Right? 
And then you tell me if you can, if you could still be ungrateful. When there's women, children, men, obviously, don't, I'm not discounting that, who are on the streets, but especially women and children who are suffering, who are getting abused in the streets, killed. And when I say abused, sometimes sexually, where you're in the street, you're in a tent, who's going to stop? those people from coming and doing those things. Now, from what I hear, and I don't know this for sure, I've never been homeless, thank God, um, but the homeless tend to protect one another, you know? But I don't know if that's true or not. Living on the streets, no one would really know. I, I think if I was living on the streets, I would probably turn to drugs to kind of dull my pain away. Of not having a place to live and not having the, you know, the necessities to live. But there's also a flip side to that. There are many people out there who prefer to be on the streets. And you may say, who would want to live on the streets? Who would want to be homeless? People. People. People who don't want to be part of the system anymore. Who don't want to be part of the grind of trying to make it in this world who just said, hey, you know what? What the hell? I'm going to live on the streets. This is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to depend on strangers, depend on those who will give to me to give me my bare necessities, which is many times as food, right? But can you imagine taking a crap in a pot, pissing in the street, in the gutter? You know, that's Los Angeles right now, folks. Unfortunately, and that's what angers a lot of people, right? That's what angers a lot of people is because every, I think every, every day, I think they have to clean the streets, right? <laughs> you know? And whitewash or whatever they do, you know? The streets because the homeless shit on it, piss on it, and some many times this is in front of businesses, you know, and that's what angers a lot of people because that's really what angers um, people about the homeless. What many people hate about them, unfortunately. Is they they look, they don't they they can't see the fact that they're people suffering, um, and they think of them as inhuman. Right. Get these homeless out of here! Like they're pieces of garbage, and they're not. They're human beings. Right. And although people like to say, you know. Oh, you know, we, we want to help the homeless. We, we need to help them, you know. Um, we need to make sure that they have a, a safe place to, to sleep at night and have a shelter and everything. But then it gets to the point of like, who's going to pay for it? You know, then you have businesses and residents who say, I don't want the, I don't want the homeless around here. You know, I don't want them in my neighborhood. Get them out of here. Put them somewhere else, you know. That's what people have to live, homeless have to deal with every day, right? Some people, many of them didn't ask to be homeless. Right now, we have a, a large population living in their cars. There's what's called um, like homeless parks where you can park your car and you can live in your car and there's a restroom there. Um, there's security where people can safely sleep in their cars. Would you want to live like that on Christmas? Because many people are today. Many people are today, folks. So, this Christmas, this season, this time of year, it's hard. It's even harder because people are depending on the help because from our government, right? 
stimulus that they haven't gotten because Congress fights. Congress is unable to compromise. Congress is a big mess because we have people, again, who just care about their self-interest. What can I get this? Get out of this? Who cares about the citizens that I represent? But what can I get out of this? Like, okay, well, if you're going to, you know, allow me to like, you know, know, skim some off the top and and I can get my fair share, then yeah, I'll I'll do that. You know, my business, if I own a business, yeah, if they can get some some business money or some money to go towards them, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll agree to this stimulus package. Other parts of it like, well, you know what? We need companies to have unlimited liability. We need to make sure that if, you know, you and I get COVID and we get sick and die, that we can't sue the company for negligence. Now, I don't know who would would be okay with this, right? But there are people that are okay with this. Yeah, you know, you need to protect the companies. Yeah, you need to protect Amazon and Walmart and McDonald's. You know, yeah, they they can't be allowed, they cannot, you know, be allowed to get sued and and be put out of business, which I doubt that would happen, right? They cannot have, you know, be sued for millions of dollars if, if I die or you die, right? That's just unacceptable, you know? That's the attitude in Congress for many people, protecting their coffers, right? Protecting those who donate to their cause, When that has nothing to do with you and I and the help that people need to survive. The fact of the matter is, it's about greed, people. It's plain and simple, greed. It's not their money, it's our money. We invest our tax dollars to go towards these kind of situations, right? And some of you may say, well, yeah, that's why they have like, you know, unemployment. Well, yeah, unemployment is helpful to a certain degree, but there needs to be more stimulus because many people are having a hard time finding work, especially in the industries that they're in right now, such as hospitality, like restaurants, hotels, things of that nature, right? So let's remember that while other countries around are effectively offering stimulus to their citizens to get them through those tough times, while we are, on the other hand, on the verge of a Great Depression because of greed, right? And I'm not over-exaggerating here, folks. Our country's on the verge of a Great Depression because our own government refuses to help us. You know, not everybody can say, well, let me pull myself by my bootstraps and get myself up. I can do it myself. I don't need no government help. Some people need help. The vulnerable need help. And we should be able to help them. While we give trillions and billions of dollars to our military, we give trillions of dollars to the top 1% who just use that money for however they wish, giving bonuses, you know, stock buybacks, whatever you say, they'll do it. They don't give a damn about you or me. As much as we like to think that companies care about us, and I I won't label all companies as being greedy capitalists, but companies need to think about their survival. I get that. But that doesn't mean they need to be heartless Greedy bastards who don't give a damn about their, their employees, you know. And the same goes for our government. A lot of greedy bastards there. Sorry to use that phrase, but that, that, that's, that's what's out there, right? So craziness, craziness. 
So let me play that next song, and uh, I haven't played this song. I'm not going to play three songs today, probably just two. But this is one of my favorite. It was actually my mom's favorite song during this time of year. And I I think I want to acknowledge her, Linda Gutierrez, you know. She, you know, passed away December 9th, 1956. And this was her favorite song. I, and it's, it's a silly song, but it's one that I always remember. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication And she staggered out the door into the snow When we found her Christmas morning At the scene of the attack She had hoof prints on her forehead incriminating claws marks on her back grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house christmas eve you can say there's no such thing as santa but as for me and grandpa we believe now we're all so proud of grandpa he's been taking this so well See him in there watching football Drinking beer and playing cards with Cousin Mel It's not Christmas without Grandma All the family's dressed in black And we just can't help but wonder Should we open up her gifts Or send them back, send them back Grandma got ran over by a reindeer Looking home from my house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Grandpa But that's for me and Grandpa we believe What a great song, right? I don't know when this song <laughs> It just makes you laugh um, there's a lot of great Christmas songs, right? And and I hope before even we get to Christmas, I know we haven't gotten there yet, you know, that you think about those songs that really bring a smile to your face, right? You know, whatever those songs may be. I mean, there's tons, right? You know, a ton of great artists out there who, from Mariah Carey to Michael Bublé to Bing Crosby to... Tons, right? <laughs> Nat King Cole, you name it. They're they're out there, right? And thinking about what these songs mean, you know? Remembering them, right? But anyways. That one's dedicated to my mom, you know. But you know what what's going on today, you know, um, in the country and politics. It's not a good time, folks. You know? It's not a good time. What's currently happening right now is um, President Trump, you know, taking his, and, and along with other 126 Republicans, you know, lawsuit to the Supreme Court to try to overturn the election that favored Joe Biden, President-elect Joe Biden, right? And and just the amount of those traitors, sorry to say, right? The unfortunate thing is that many people out there don't believe those people are traitors. They believe they're a true patriot. That, yeah, that's perfectly fine if they want to overturn an election and, and wipe out the will of the people of over 80 million people who voted for Joe Biden. How about that, right? That those people's voices, votes do not matter, actually, right? 
They just don't. And it should infuriate you for those of you who see what's going on. But you know what's more infuriating? The the evangelicals, which I'm you know, you could say you're part I'm part of it, you know, but the evangelicals who are perfectly fine with overturning an election. Especially those who say they, they are for law and order, for rules of law rule of the law and for following the constitution and and you know following that. But but instead, what have they been doing? Spreading conspiracy theories, lies Pumping up social media, whether it's, you know, Facebook or Twitter, you know, or Parler or Parlay, whatever you want to call it, you know. And trying to get their, their voices out there, especially very prominent, you know, um, pastors out there who are using their congregation as, as a form of like getting the word about about overturning the election. Once such so happens that I used to attend his church, Jack Hibbs, you know, which very disappointed, right? But what can I say? You know, I, I, I finally opened my eyes to who he was, right? Now, I'm not questioning his Bible knowledge. I, I do question his ethics, you know, I do question his, his you know, his words of like, well, I'm a patriot and I love America. Yeah, you love America, but you really want, you're really trying to talk to your congregation online about having the election overturned because it did not favor Donald J. Trump, right? I've just heard so many different messages recently. You know, one today, you know, the pastor I, I listen to now, um, Calvary Chapel Transformation, I listened to him and just about how, you know, hey, you know, he's angry about the election. You know, he 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 himself thinks the election was stolen from Donald J. Trump. How it was, it's this is just a spiritual situation, spiritual that it's trying to take that away from him. You know, could it be spiritual? It could be. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's He hasn't a right to his opinion, and people do. Doesn't make them right. Doesn't make me right either. But I hope when people focus on what their opinions are going to be and stick by them, that they're, they're backed up by facts and not conspiracies, right? People make it sound implausible that Joe Biden got 80 million votes, right? What I have heard for the last month or so is that, yeah, there's been election fraud. There's a rampant election fraud. Um, the machines are, are switching people's votes. Um, there's votes coming from North Korea and China and they're, they flooded the, the, they flooded us so that they would vote for Joe Biden. That the, um, that there's some conspiracy between the Supreme court and those and those judges that have who have rejected those lawsuits that they're now considered deep state. No, folks. the The truth of the matter is that people woke up, saw the fact that he failed at this pandemic, at helping the citizens of the United States. Because it was said, and I, I've read this somewhere, that if he had focused on the pandemic, focused on making sure that citizens were taken care of, meaning they had the equipment, they had the financial means to help themselves during what would happen to this country, people would probably would have been a lot more thankful to say, hey, you know what, Donald Trump tried. He did his best. Unfortunately, I don't see that he did his best. Because, unfortunately, he's a narcissist, which many people don't really want to realize. Some, many people out there do, that he is a narcissist. He just cares about himself. He's always been a narcissist. And when you're a narcissist, a sociopath, you know, and some of you are, you know, may get offended by these words by which I'm calling him, you know. 
But that's what he is, folks. A drifter, a cheat, a liar, you know, a rapist, in my opinion. I believe he probably raped women because he felt he could. But all that is overlooked, right? Especially the biggest disappointment has been by the Christians. And I I didn't overlook that because I saw right through his BS from the very get-go. Now, obviously, I knew who Donald Trump was. I never really paid too much attention to him as a businessman. You hear his name. He was in Home Alone, right? So, (laughs) you know, that's probably the one time I I really acknowledged that, you know, he was in something that I saw one day. But it's just kind of like people don't realize that it's the Retrumplicans now. It's the Trump party. It's no longer the GOP. You know, you've kind of seen what that have taken place of last week, how the GOP completely sided with insanity by that ridiculous lawsuit. Going against the rule of law, going against trying to uh, the will of the people. Right. And you can only imagine what they're going to try next. Right. So, you know, who knows, right? One thing that was really clear from the message today and the pastor is that God's in control. And yes, he is, right? God is in control. He knows the past, present, and future. He does. And that gives me comfort to know that. Do I want to live in a world that could potentially turn into a a communist country, a fascist country? No. Am I, wor- am I worried about socialism hitting our country? Not really. Socialism, folks, you know, many get, get scared of that world of socialism, right? Socialism. Oh, well, you know, we can't have any socialism. Is, you know, what is it? What is it, right? So socialism, a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production... Distribution exchange should be owned or regulated as a community by as a whole, right? Right? You know, again, everyone's going to have a different... Throwing out that word, people try to change the meaning of what it means, right? A system of society or group in which there is no private property. A system or condition society of which means of production are owned and controlled by the state. A stage of society in Marcus theory transition between capitalism and communism and distinguished by unequal distribution of goods and pay according to, to work done, right? Are we going to be a socialist society? Absolutely not, folks. But let me get one thing straight here. The billionaires which own a, a huge part of this country are the ones who are making the decisions now. By sending in their corporate lobbyists, getting, you know, whatever laws passed that they like in favor of them, using their money as power, and at the same time stepping on the common man by lowering wages, eliminating the needs of people, and really... What the point of when you hear that word in government about what people are trying to do, in my opinion, and I'll say that because I'm not fully versed in socialism because obviously I don't believe that we're going to go in that direction, but really it's about helping the citizens. Is it, a, is it like redistributing the, the wealth of our country? It could be partly that. Do you think billionaires should be should be making the decisions for us? Do you think billionaires should be ruling the over the the people? Do you think we should have like a caste system? You know, you really want to look at a country where we could be going this direction, okay? We I, I believe we could be going more towards a communistic fascist country, which people will not allow. But I may be wrong. 
because you look at what's happening, you know, I know this is just a book. You look at George Orwell's 1984 and many of what is going on in that book today, in that book, is happening today, right? You know, have we got Big Brother? Of course, they're called Facebook. But we also have Google. We have Twitter. We know that deep down, and this is not some conspiracy, that they have the ability to monitor us, to watch what we're doing online, to send back information to the federal government, you know, listen to our phone calls, tap into, you know, to, to what we can do and hear and see. Yeah, it's possible. You know, can we get into the point where the government wants to control the flow of information and what we know as truth and fact and what they want us to know as truth and fact instead of what the real truth and fact is of things? Is that possible? It could be, you know, rewrite history, make it so that slavery, um, things like slavery, the Civil War, you know, never existed. Or had a different effect than it really did. Do you think that's possible? Of course it is. They could rewrite it. Just read 1984. Right? You know, many of what was in 1984 is reflected in, you know, one of Trump's rallies, right? The two minutes of hate. Week of hate or whatever. You know, I have to go back and read the whole book again, but... You know, just there's there's points in there that really resemble today's society, right? So really think about that when you start throwing around the world socialism, right? Think about social security. Is that a form of socialism? Yes, it is. When we give money to the farmers, is that a form of socialism? Absolutely. When we have Medicare, is that a form of socialism? Yes, it is. So when you think of socialism, do you want to eliminate all those things? And and if you do, that's your choice. Let's see what happens to society without them. Let's see what happens to to the elderly when they lose their Social Security, when they lose their Medicare. How will they survive, right? And I get it. That, you know, prior to, you know, before those systems were put in place, people didn't have them. Did they live as long? I don't think they did. They probably, you know, many people probably end up starving to death because they didn't have the means or the food to to feed themselves, right? The one thing that, that is supposed to happen is the churches are really the ones who are supposed to be the ones who are supposed to feed those individuals, who are supposed to provide for those people who cannot provide for themselves. Are the churches doing that? No, in my opinion. Do they do something? Yes, I will not take away that they don't do something. They do. They do go into other countries. They have mission fields. They do send money to... You know, they do have food banks. They do other things of that nature, you know. But, you know, and you look at some of these churches who probably make hundreds of millions of dollars sometimes. You know, you look at Jack Hibbs Church. You look at Harvest. You know, huge churches who probably make tons of money off their parishioners, right? So we have to remember that, right? Let's remember that. Ah, what a long talk. <laughs> you know, I, I know I didn't want to get on that tangent again about politics and whatnot today, but I really wanted to talk about Christmas, right? And really get us in a mood of like the season and to be happy and grateful and to pray about the good things in our life 
and be thankful for the people in our lives, such as our family and friends. And although we can't really spend that much time with family right now due to COVID, um, I know many people will still do it, you know, but we need to be safe. Does that mean we go have a big party and with hundreds of people in it, you know, with no masks? Absolutely not. You know, that's just my opinion, but people are doing it. I just read about um, Dave Ramsey, which is a prominent Christian financier or finance guy who just had a huge party in Tennessee with many of his employees, hundreds of employees, I believe, who went maskless. And I guarantee that many of those people are probably going to get COVID, right? But that, that's the problem today, folks. The lack of empathy, the lack of care. I'm not saying that you have to live in fear. I'm saying we have to all get past this together. We all have to work together. And unfortunately, people don't want to do that. People want to throw around buzzwords. That it's a hoax. It's not real. It's just some form of way of, of government trying to keep control over us, you know? And that's a whole other topic that many of you, we will get into maybe next time. But this talk was really about the joys of Christmas and enjoying this time of year, even though it may be difficult, knowing that it's important to love our families, be thankful for those who are working. And if you're not working, well, we will, I will pray for you, keep you in my heart and soul, and hopefully very soon that things will change in a good way for you. God loves you. I'm thankful for all of you out there. Thank you for spending your time with me, with our conversation, talking with me. And wishing only the best for all of you out there. Thank you. God bless and good night.